this client had got quite a lot of credit card debt and over the years we've now got him out of that and restructured all of that for him and that's massively changed his his life you know the amount that he was paying in interest blows my mind but because he couldn't see his own way out that was just his funding source I think just talking about that nitty-gritty cash flow detail resonated with him and he was like that's my problem you're listening to the bookkeepers podcast sponsored by zero I use zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients accounts and I love it if you haven't tried it yet head over to zero.com with an x and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community, forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi, and welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. I'm Zoe Whitman, I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're joined by Steph Merrill. Hi, Steph, Hello. how are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. good, thank you. How are you both? Oh, we're really good. Yeah, I think we're just having a really good, like, busy, lovely, inspirational week, and it feels so good. So yeah, we're really well, thank you. Um, Steph is um, a, a popular guest on the Bookkeepers podcast. You've spoken to us a few times about your business and your growth. Um, but if you haven't met Steph before, we're going to invite her to share her story and talk to you about how she's been growing her business with a real focus on not using social media. And I think you'll sort of tell us a bit about that as well. Um, Steph's also one of our ambassadors. So Joe and I, um, we don't know everything. And surprise, surprise. And um, what's really great about having an amazing community like this is that we're able to draw on the skills and knowledge and experience of lots of experts like Steph. And Steph supports us in helping us to build our program and make it the best it can be. And also she supports us in our success lounge, which is our membership for people who are going through the success program where we have lots of live trainings and Steph regularly hosts the technical Q&A and I see you on the accountability sessions. So um, just an amazing part of our team. So thank you, Steph. No, um, thank you. I love being part of it. It's really, uh, really great to sort of be able to help others who are on the same journey. So, you know, thank you for inviting me to be an ambassador. Oh, no, we love we love it. And we love you. So, um, Steph, do you want to start by telling Sorry, Steph's business is SAS Accounting, SAS Accounting. You tell us about that, Steph. Tell us about your background and how you started a practice. Yeah, so uh, background, uh, I've been 24 years uh, in the accountancy profession, started in practice for about 15 years, uh, moved to industry. So I was financial controller of a corporate hospitality company for about six years. Um, and really had sort of no passion to, to set up on my own. You know, I was always quite comfortable in a job. Uh, didn't really feel like I had the confidence to be able to do it. Although quite a few people would often say to me, you know, have you ever thought about setting up on your own? Um, and it was really just the pressure of being in that, that corporate role and, and being pushed to my limits. I got to breaking point and I had to, to quit. Um, with no with no job no plan uh but just knew i had to make something work so that was in february 2019 and here i am almost five years later and it's been the best thing that i've ever done um yeah it's it, i'd say it was it was the confidence thing for me to not really know that i could do this but i think having no options sometimes you just get pushed out of your comfort zone you make it work and then you find your tribe and having people like yourselves and you know the other people in the success lounge just really helps you su support on that journey 
So interesting how so many of us um, find this profession or set up in practice when we're forced to because of circumstances out of our control. Yeah. Um, do you think you'd have ever started a business if you wasn't forced into it as such? No, I don't think so. Um, I really loved the work that I was doing. I loved working around people. And, you know, even now I would say that's probably the, the thing I miss most about what I do and what I did uh, is working with a, a really nice group of people. Um, but yeah, I think having that, that push to get me to where I am now has been, been the best thing for me because the stress of that corporate role I know was making me really, really ill. And now that I've been able to create the life that I've got, you know, that ha not having the stress really has been the, the key thing for me. Um, but I don't think I would have ever done it if I hadn't have been pushed into it. So you, you found yourself in a position that you needed to set up on your own. How did you get started? I mean, obviously, you've had a wealth of, you do not look old enough to have been in the industry for as long <laughs> as you just mentioned. Um, but from coming from such a corporate background and an employee mindset, and you didn't really, you, you know, you didn't have like an entrepreneurial seizure and think, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. You were forced to do it. What were the, some of the first things like, did you did you think about the clients you wanted to work with? Did you know what your business was going to look like the services or so how did you get started and who was your first client yeah so i had absolutely no idea um i think setting up on my own knowing a couple of my friends that had done the same i think my first thought was i'm going to deliver year-end accounts tax returns um and sort of all that compliance stuff uh very quickly realized that when you're six years in industry you haven't really kept up with sort of tax legislation and things like that because you had another accountant that dealt with all of that um so then within a few months it was sort of what are you going to do you know are you going to go back and relearn all of this or is there something else that you can offer so the first thing that i did was go to a networking event um I'd been to a couple of networking events in my corporate role, but not a massive amount because they didn't feel like, you know, anybody really needed to go out networking. They were a sales company, you know, they were doing telesales. They, they didn't really need you to physically meet people. But for me, it was kind of a bit of a confidence builder as well. So I just started going to a, a local bar that was around the corner and they would do like a, a coffee morning and a bit of breakfast. And there was just some local businesses in there and i'd only come across it by chance just walking to work i was like oh what's you know what's that group of people doing in there so i attended uh got chatting to a couple of people and um, one of them was like a, a sales coach and i thought oh he might be you know a great fit for the company that i was working for so we started building up a bit of a relationship and he then set up a networking event of his own that was like a, a dinner club, a bi-monthly dinner club where business owners would come together, have an, an evening meal. There would be a, a speaker and a bit of a round table discussion about the topic. So I attended one of those, um, got talking to a couple of people, met my first client there, who is still a client of mine today. Um, 
because he came up to me after we'd done a bit of a round table intro and he said I really feel like I need your help the way that you talked about cash flow and things like that no one's ever talked about that before and he's he's like I've, I feel like I could really do with that support so I had a conversation with him afterwards and as I say he's still a client of mine almost five years later um but also the the sales coach guy that had put on the event he introduced me to a recruitment consultant he was like I think you really need to meet this guy I think he'd be great for you even if it was just getting you a little bit of interim work while you're finding your feet so I had a conversation with this recruitment consultant and um yeah got a, an interim contract um and i don't think those kind of work should be discounted either i know it can feel like you're going back into a job but sometimes having something like that alongside setting up can help with if you've literally cut off your source of income like i did <laughs> um, and you've still got a mortgage to pay sometimes a little bit of interim work can help and actually, I've still got that relationship with that recruitment consultant today. We meet up, we go out for dinner. Um, he'll always pick up the phone to me if he's got a client that he's trying to employ a role for. He'll always pick up the phone and say, actually, is this something that you could do? You know, does it need to be an employed role? And I think having a relationship with a recruitment consultant can also be quite a good thing because, you know, with the world changing, there are going to be companies that aren't necessarily looking to recruit for positions like ours and if they can fill that gap for their client who is also looking for other roles it means they maintain that relationship with that client and they've also solved that client's problem as well and also helped us along the way so don't ever discount conversations with recruitment consultants either they're not always just pitching to get to get a fee you know sometimes it can be a really great relationship um so from there i worked with that um i was in that interim contract for about a year and a half and just continued to go networking really um speaking to people when i initially started my um business I did do a couple of Facebook posts. I was active on Facebook at that time. And I didn't necessarily advertise what I did. I shared personal experiences. So how I got myself out of 50 odd grand's worth of debt that I'd been left in from a, a relationship that had broken down. Um, and just talked about a couple of the challenges that I'd had throughout life that were sort of financial related. And I did pick up a couple of clients from there like plumbers really that needed tax returns and i took them on and i kept those for two or three years but i've now sort of moved them on to a, another another business because tax returns dealing with hmrc it's just not my bag <laughs> um so i came off social media really completely like instagram and facebook back in 2020 um and i've never really gone back on i'm obviously on facebook now uh for this community and a couple of other communities but from a personal point of view i'm not actively posting from a business point of view i'm not i'm not posting anything i'm not on instagram um i am on linkedin but again i'm not consistently posting about what i do uh, i share personal experiences things that i'm going through etc um but yeah, initially, 
Facebook did did bring me in a couple of clients, but in the main, it's all been from going out networking and talking to people about what I do. Mm. It sounds to me, Steph, that like you understand the importance of having that baseline visibility. So if someone wanted to go and check out your credentials, you know, go to your LinkedIn profile or something, they could find a trace of you. But it's not like your day to day focus. What I'd really love to know is you said this client you got in the networking group, you had a conversation, you were talking about cash flow. And you said he said to you, no one's ever spoken about cash flow in that way before. And I wonder, can you remember what it was you were sharing? Because I think that people would need to know like this. It's not you didn't stand there and say, buy accountancy and bookkeeping services from me. It wasn't like that. It was something else. And I just wonder what happened in that networking event. Yeah, so I think it. I can't remember fully the conversation, but I think it was, you know, talking about, you know, whether they're collecting you know their debts are coming in quickly how quickly they're paying their suppliers and you know are they really utilizing all their credit terms and things like that are they you know funding things on credit cards and paying massive amounts of interest um could they potentially restructure that and spread it over a longer period with a you know a cheaper loan and things like that um you know, and this this client had got quite a lot of credit card debt, and um, and over the years we've now got him out of that and and restructured all of that for him, um, and that's massively you know changed his his life. Like, you know, the amount that he was paying in interest blows my mind, um, but because he couldn't see his own way out, that was just his funding source. Um, I think just just talking about sort of that nitty-gritty cash flow detail resonated with him and he was like that's my problem um it's interesting because you're just having and this is the power of in-person conversations rather than on social media is that in social media you're putting things out there person to person you're having you know a back and forth conversation and it can be really personalized and you obviously really impacted him that, that day and obviously still do by him being with you now and nothing you said there was rocket science no. nothing you said there actually you mostly didn't learn it at accountancy college either it's no life skills and what you've brought to the table over you know your life experiences and do you know what it really is it's the fact that it wasn't anything that you said that wasn't like he couldn't have learned himself but it's the fact that someone's talking to him about money and yeah. about the impact and how some small changes, you know, because this is the thing, isn't it? Mo- lots of lots of people might have an accountant, they might have someone, but they might not have a proper conversation with them. And so you, by, by you building up relationships through networking, you can break down some of these barriers and just have these like conversations that they wouldn't usually get. Maybe they can't talk to their other half about it. Maybe they don't realize that they've got themselves into a bit of a pickle and they don't they don't want to let anyone else know um, yeah absolutely you know, and, I, and I think because I've been in that that debt spiral um and knowing how it feels to rob Peter to pay Paul and how the interest can you know really add up to a huge cost I think I having that personal experience obviously I can I can talk about it quite a lot more um and you know really un- understand 
Um, but I think for me, like you said, Joe, like being able to have that face-to-face -face conversation, you can very quickly get to what the client's problem is or the, the potential client. That's one thing that, you know, when I do go networking, I'm not going there with the aim of I need to come away with X number of business cards or I'm going to, you know, make sure I have three people that I'm going to target or whatever. Um, I'm just very natural with, with going to networking. And, and I would say now it's more for me to have like people to talk to, you know, being in this little box day in, day out on your own, you just, you just crave human contact. Um, but one of the, the biggest clients that I've got now, we had a very sort of brief interaction at a networking event. It was a lunch. It was a, like a, a table of 10, but it was at a, it was at a bistro live. So our local bistro live puts on a fabulous lunch. There's a bit of a music quiz. Uh, the business club members get to do like a 10 minute pitch and they call it a shameless plug. Um, but then there's like the opportunity to, to network with the people on your table. Um, and this guy was sat opposite me. We all went around the table just talking about ourselves. And one thing about me is I'm a massive oversharer and probably share way too much information about my personal life. But I always think it will potentially resonate and help somebody else. So I have no problem in sharing all my woes. <laughs> but um, but this this guy um you know we were sat opposite each other we didn't really get to interact one-on-one -on -one, but he dropped me a message and um said you know i'd really like to, to catch up and it was about three months later that we actually went for a coffee at a local garden center and i was actually babysitting my nephew that day and i said would you mind if i actually brought him along and he was like no that's absolutely fine so i take my one-year-old nephew to a prospect meeting and um, yeah, pretty much signed him up there and then. He's one of you know my my biggest clients. I've been working with him for just over two years now, and that was just two two meetings. Um, you know, one where you know it wasn't specific, and then just a, a catch up coffee after that. But I think because he was able to see how I was as a person, and you know liked the way that I talked about business and numbers and things like that um but also could see that family and things was really important to me um we just we just clicked and we have a great relationship we've got a great friendship and yeah it's uh I think networking for me has definitely been an enjoyable part of of this job and I call it a job because I never see myself as a business I feel like I've just created a really nice job for myself Oh, oh no no we've got work to do um <laughs> this is really interesting because what you're talking about is just being a person who happens to have a certain skill set and it knows how to solve problems for people um I think that when we go networking we put so much pressure on ourselves that if we you know in the conversation we had earlier on today we were sharing different ways to find clients and networking was coming up and people were sharing in the comments you know I've done um, X, Y, and I'm going to this networking event or this networking event was cancelled and, you know, I'm just sort of getting ready, you know, getting out of my comfort zone. And um, so we we put so much pressure on ourselves to go there, get, get in, do a great pitch, get a client, have some business cards, call. And, you know, I'm, I, would, I would say 
try and like remember to follow up with everyone make yourself a, yeah. know, a bit of an action because it gives you a focus and gamifies it a bit but you use this as an actual just like I'm a person like I just think of you going to a music quiz or something I'm a person I'm going to a music quiz the other people tend to like happen to be business owners too I'll make some friends there there might be some work but that's a sort of that will happen naturally it's yeah. like when you think about dating or um like online dating or speed dating or something I've been speed dating in my days before Ollie and um and it the pressure to meet the man of your dreams at speed dating <laughs> was like so there was it was so intense and um I, and I and I think maybe we go to networking feeling like that but it it, it doesn't have to be like that and I no. wonder Steph, how often do you go networking how often do you do that is that part of your routine yeah so to be honest the last few months I haven't been particularly consistent with it with moving house um I've just been like so busy with everything um and I keep putting these networking events in in my diary and and then I'm like oh I really I really could just do with getting this sorted so I haven't been but there are so many great local networking events around me that I try to go to probably three or four. Um, they're all, they're all free, um, sort of in coffee shops or things like that. I'm going to one tomorrow, um, sorry, not tomorrow, Thursday, which is at our local football club, Leicester city football ground. Um, and that's actually a, a bigger occasion. That's probably like a three hour event where it's a bit more structured. There'll be a speaker. Um, but in the main, the ones that I go to are kind of just the, um, informal stand around have a chat um we've got a really nice one called walkie talkie wednesday so on the first wednesday of the month there's a group that go to a local park um and you kind of walk in pairs and then it's a little bit like speed dating you all take one step forward so that you and um, the others sort of take one step back so then the next sort of five or so minutes you're talking to a different group of people so there are different styles that um there but definitely for me the ones where you're not having to stand the newer 60 second pitch and and things like that are the ones that I prefer to go to don't get me wrong BNI can be a fast fantastic source of business I've seen lots of businesses be very very successful I've been a guest a number of times and this is one thing that you can help your clients with particularly if your clients are in BNI go as long as their guest because they will massively appreciate you helping to hit their targets and they will be forever grateful because with BNI if you're in business on your own the commitment to BNI is is massive from my perspective and it can almost become a full-time job in itself keeping up with all the trainings the one-to-one -one calls you know the targeted referrals and things like that so if you're very driven and you, you want to have a you know a great referral network bni is amazing um but personally it's it's just not for me and it is a very marmite event um people either love it or they they hate it um i love that you have you've you've created like the way you talk about the networking that you do you sound like you're just having fun and I, I think, yeah, and I think this is not, you know, people don't 